Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll dedicate to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It's the fourth of nine blessings, known as the Beatitudes, that Jesus spoke to the crowds in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Sadly, we live in a day when many people not only don't have any desire for righteousness, but they openly hate it and even condemn it as evil. It's becoming harder and harder in this country to stand for righteousness. It seems in the nation's great wave toward tolerance of anything and everything, it requires absolute intolerance of anything and anyone who still differentiates between what is truly righteous and what is evil. So what's your attitude towards righteousness? Do you love it or do you hate it? Pastor Jim will unpack this beatitude for us all week, and here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Cultivate Your Appetite. So, it is a satisfaction which is thorough. It is satisfaction that comes only to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's a satisfaction that comes only from God Himself. And number four, God guarantees that this satisfaction is for now and all time. As we saw in the future tense version of the promises with some of these uh, beatitudes. This one is the same. It's not future tense in the sense that in this life, if you live on the edge of starvation and dying of thirst, then sometime off in the future, you're going to be satisfied. It's future only in relation to the hungering and thirsting. In other words, Every time you hunger and thirst for righteousness, every time you want the right thing, you will be filled to satisfaction. Right now, this era, this era, this age, right now. Now, it's also true in the kingdom of God, you will be satisfied. It's also true in the new heaven and the new earth, you will be satisfied. But if you think about it, this beatitude makes no sense if it's all only about the kingdom, because when Jesus is reigning in His kingdom, He's the king of righteousness. Righteousness will be the order of the day. He's going to rule with perfect righteousness. That's why I said um, in the last visit to the previous beatitude, this is part of the reason that Jesus taught His disciples and all of us to pray a certain way. It's coming up in our text about one chapter from now. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done, I want this to happen, on earth as it is in heaven. So while I'm waiting for your kingdom to come, I'm hungering and thirsting for your righteousness to be manifested through me. I want to be an instrument of righteousness. Now, understand we want to seek righteousness. We, we should, wherever we have a chance to speak into a situation, we should speak truth, and we should be uh, an influence in the direction 
of righteousness. But understand, this is not a promise when it says they will be satisfied. This is not a promise that in this world we will see a righteous outcome in every situation. As a matter of fact, if you're going to practice righteousness, if you're going to hunger and thirst for righteousness, you're going to be living a godly life. And all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be, what? Persecuted. You won't always get a, a, a righteous outcome, but you can and you should. You should always um, speak, uh, seek to, to know what righteousness is because you know the Word of God. You should seek to proclaim righteousness, and the only way people can have righteousness is to be in Christ, and the only way they can be in Christ is to believe in Him, and the only way they'll believe in Him is if we tell them about Him by preaching the gospel. We should always seek to practice righteousness in what we do and in what we say, but God does not promise we can always achieve a righteous outcome in every situation. That's why we keep praying Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And don't forget the end of Romans chapter 12. uh, After telling us how to make peace as as far as possible, as much as possible, so far as it depends upon you, he says this in Romans 12, starting at verse 19. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. Of God. In other words, I'm going to try to be an instrument of righteousness in every situation that I can, but I'm not going to try to get even for what's done to me. That's not mine to worry about. He says, it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. You might not be able to bring about a perfectly righteous outcome in every situation, but you can always be a representative of the Prince of Righteousness, of Christ himself. Then he finishes that up, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, that's Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. That's one whole Beatitude. What are we going to do with ourselves for the rest of our time? Well, I came up with something. What might we do in response to this? One of the difficulties is to take something as beautiful as these Beatitudes and just leave it there as this nebulous idea. What can we do in response to this? Well, I think this is kind of timely. We're living in unprecedented days. It's, it's kind of easy in our world to feel lonely, especially when they told us for, what, eight or ten weeks, stay home, don't go anywhere, don't do anything, don't talk to anybody, uh, don't, don't have any human interaction. Um, we have world leaders now. I mean, this isn't just the mayor of Boise, the governor of Idaho, the president of the United States, the Centers for Disease Control. It's worldwide now. We have, we have world leaders so terrified of a microscopic virus that they're willing to cripple the world economy to fight it. That's never happened before. Countless thousands of people who can least afford the impacts of those decisions are being devastated. 
And, and it's pretty easy to think, uh, I don't like this. Is, you know, are, are, we, are we ever going to get back to normal? And of course, we define normal as how it was for us six months ago in our comfortable American lifestyle. And by the way, that's not normal. We have been blessed to live in the most prosperous, most healthy, uh, most prolific uh, country that has ever existed. And, and we've never been even close to normal for what most of the world has experienced in the history of mankind. And you know what? We might never get back to that. It might never again be like it was in the beginning of the year 2020. Um, I can't promise that it'll be different. I mean, what if it goes on for two years that we can't sit within six feet of each other at church? Ugh. I don't like that. Not even, not even a little bit. And it's, it's easy to start wishing that you could just go be with the Lord. I'm sure a lot more people are praying the Apostle John's prayer, even so, come Lord Jesus, than we're praying that prayer six months ago. So let me make a few comments, and I actually will connect it to our beatitude, and I'm going to make a, a, a challenging but I think appropriate appeal to you. Uh, first of all, if you're thinking, Lord, I can't take this anymore. Just, just, just get me out of here. Well, understand, um, you probably need an attitude adjustment. But also understand, you're not alone. It's encouraging to know you're not alone when you're going through something hard. And, and you're not. As a matter of fact, do you know that you're in pretty good company? You ever read any of the Psalms? David's saying, they're closing in on me from all sides, death is near me. And then he starts talking about the Lord, and he finishes the psalm. He's still in the same mess, and he's praising God. So, yeah, there's room for an attitude adjustment there. But you're in, you're in pretty good company, even among the apostles. How about, how about Paul? Um, Paul wrote the most well-known passages on this. One of them is in Philippians 1, 21 and through 26, his famous words. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, and in hard days you can say, wow, I sure would like to just be with the Lord. Give me the gain, please. But he goes on to say, but if I'm to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose, but I'm hard pressed from both directions having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet, to remain on the f in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the face, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. He made no bones about it. To die is gain. Compared to what's going on now, this is very much better if I could only be in His presence. And by the way, do you know where He was when He wrote that? He was in a prison cell in Rome where He had been for about 
two years. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.